the tech and entertainment world start to focus on diversity, you're starting to see more representation from the accessibility community, but there's still a lot more work to be done. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is staff reporter Abrar Alhidi. Welcome, Abrar. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You took a look at how the issue of accessibility has advanced this year, a time when companies, individuals, and communities have really begun embracing the need to be more diverse. What did you find? Let's start with the entertainment world. What did you find there? Yeah, so the the world of entertainment has been lagging because people with disabilities make up 26% of the U.S. adult population, but they're only on screen less than 3% of the time. So there's already a huge issue there. But slowly, it seems that Hollywood is kind of waking up to this issue. And we saw shows like Rami on Hulu start to, you know, that show has incorporated um, a disabled character from the start. Even, you know, Disney Channel's Big City Greens had um, American Sign Language representation. So slowly, shows are kind of starting to realize that this is not a niche thing. This is something you can tell stories about people with disabilities that everyone will be interested in it. And so you see kind of more companies and more um, movies and TV shows uh, incorporating characters and also creators behind the scenes with disabilities. And what was the catalyst behind this this drive? There's obviously been a lot of a lot more recognition for the need for for diverse voices and a more diverse look at portrayal of the world. But I don't know if there's any particular catalyst you could point to that that's helped really sparked this change? Yeah, there definitely has been a lot of advocacy for this. There are groups like Respectability, which essentially works to make sure that there are diverse and accurate portrayals of people with disabilities on screen. And so they've kind of been constantly pushing for this, but there's also um, a financial aspect to this as well. So there was a uh, 2016 report by Nielsen, which said that consumers with disabilities, in addition to their families and friends and associates, they make up a trillion dollar market segment, trillion with a T. And so that's, that's massive. And when you're Hollywood, um, you take note of that, as does every industry. And so, you know, when you realize the financial gain, as well as the fact that this is just the right thing to do, and people are becoming more vocal about it, um, people will start to take notice. It takes time, but I think we're, we're finally starting to get there. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting how businesses frame this as an altruistic thing. But really, in the end, it really takes money and a financial incentive to, to drive this kind of change, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's kind of the sad truth of our world. But if, if something has financial gain, then they are more likely to listen. And so it becomes not only this is the right thing to do, but this is what's smart for us to do as a company. Right. So in terms of the organizations leading the charge here, I mean, if you could, who are some of the folks that, you know, you've talked to that have been really proactive about making sure the accessibility community has a voice. And what are they saying about the progress being made? Yeah, so the the, the first one that I'd mentioned was respectability, which which honestly does incredible work with, um, you know, they have labs where they allow creators with disabilities to kind of um, build up skills, directing skills, writing skills, whatever it may be, um, and then also have connections with people in the industry because connections are everything. Um, and so they're, they're also starting to see that this is something that is slowly starting to dawn on people in Hollywood that, okay, this is something that is necessary. This is not just a nice to have, but this is needed. If you're going to represent America, if you're going to represent the population of the world, you have to include people with disabilities. And that includes not just people in roles that are portraying someone with a disability, but just like a normal role where somebody is a, is a character that is part of the story, like, you know, that that is necessary to not just this tokenized uh, character. Um, and then we also have the blacklist, which um, has something called the disability list, which it, it highlights 
it's unproduced scripts that have at least one lead character with a disability. Um, and so that's great as well. And then there's also on the tech side of things, there's something called the Tech Disability Project, which essentially works to make sure that, um, you know, it supports um CEOs and people who work in tech uh, and have a disability and kind of shines a light on people there as well. And the, in terms of the conversations you've been having with these groups, what are they saying about the work that still needs to be done in this area? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of progress, but there's still obviously room for improvement. So um, one of the things that a lot of social media companies have started to do um, just earlier this year, IGTV, Instagram had launched automated captions on on those videos. Um, and now people are like, that's awesome. That's fabulous. But what about automated captions on Instagram stories? A lot of people post to Instagram stories, but there are no automated captions. And so if you want, if you kind of want to be proactive, you have to add them yourself. And that takes time. Um, and so that's one area, but there's also, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and one of the issues that comes up is that COVID-19 data often isn't accessible to people who are blind. Um, and so, you know, and then there's also the issue of we're all reliant on our internet, but a lot of people with disabilities, especially if they're in low income communities or communities of color, they don't have access to high speed internet. And so we still have these fundamental issues too, where we need to be thinking about everybody when we're putting out data that can impact your life and your livelihood, or, you know, just being able to connect to the internet so you can attend classes or meetings. Like these are very fundamental things that we need to address. And so creating content from the start, um, that incorporates people with disabilities. But then also the biggest thing is uh, we need to hire people with disabilities because who would be more aware of these issues and how to fix them than somebody who actually has a disability? Right. That's a great segue, uh, the, the sort of especially the broadband access, is to, to talk about the, the, the tech side of things. We talked about entertainment. Uh, and I still remember when some of these bigger companies like Apple and Microsoft began speaking about this issue in a real way about four years ago, right when we kicked off our, our tech-enabled series that highlights accessibility tech. And it's been four years. When I say they speak out about it, I'm talking about actually at their product launches, at these big events, you know, not just you know as a social good component, but actually integrated into their main presentations. It, you know, that's that's become since then it's sort of become a standard thing to talk about. But I'm curious from your perspective how far things have progressed, how improved in the tech world when it comes to accessibility in tech. It does seem that these companies are taking these issues uh, rather seriously because um, they're, so let's talk about Apple, for instance, they have um, a screen reading technology called VoiceOver. Um, and this came out back in 2009, and this helps blind users navigate their phones. And so this is critical because if you're dealing with a smartphone, you just have a screen and now there are really not many buttons left on phones. Um, and so, so that's, that's kind of a game changer. And then um, you have, you know, they recently released something that lets people who are blind or low vision detect people around them. And that's that's critical now, again, because we're in a pandemic. Um, and so there are other, you know, Google has also released uh, an app called Live Transcribe, and that provides like speech to text transcriptions for people who are, are deaf or hard of hearing. And then again, for, for users who are blind, there's an app called Lookout, and you can essentially point this around your room and ident identify objects, and that can help you kind Kind of figure out, you know, how to navigate a space and understand what's around you. And you can scan documents and currency. I mean, these are incredible um, examples of how we can utilize technology to 
um, you know, help people who uh, help people with disabilities and just um, make sure that everyone is is benefiting from these advancements. And same question as in the entertainment side, what needs what more needs to be done in the area of tech when it comes to addressing the needs of the accessibility community? First and foremost, um, there definitely needs to be a higher emphasis, a stronger emphasis on um, hiring people with disabilities because you know, from the start, they will be able to tell you what needs to happen. They will be able to create the products and services that are needed um, and create them in a way that are accept- that's accessible because, um, you know, Twitter, for instance, earlier this year um, came out with a feature called uh, like a voice tweets feature where essentially someone could record their voice and, and send it out instead of writing up a tweet. But people in the disability community were quick to point out that that is not accessible because there were no captions and you can't just release a product and then go back and say, oh, we'll make this accessible later. That's not how the law works. You have to, um, you know, create this product accessibly from the start. And so if you have somebody in the room, if you have somebody working at the company who is aware of this, um, they can save you from kind of that that mistake. And so that's that's super, super critical. So I hope as we kind of become more aware of this issue, we're, we're aware that that's where everything begins. That's an interesting point, the idea that some of this stuff needs to be baked in right from the beginning. I'm curious in terms of how companies are approaching this and the conversations you've had with some of these accessibility groups. What are some of the mistakes that are being made, or not maybe not mistakes, but but maybe ways where companies can approach this issue in a smarter, more effective way? There definitely needs to be more um, testing these products with people who have disabilities. So um, sometimes a company might not be aware that um, that a feature um, like that Twitter voice tweets feature isn't accessible because they haven't reached out to people or reached out to users to test a product um, you know, they haven't reached out to a broad enough range of people, and that includes people with disabilities. And so if you're able to think about that, and you think about your end user is not always who you think it is, you have to think about others outside of that bubble in your mind, um, then, you know, allowing other people to to take part in that process is really, really critical. Um, and, you know, again, just looking when you're hiring, looking at different demographics, looking at different, you know, areas that you haven't been looking at before. Diversity isn't just diversity of race or gender. Diversity is also, you know, including the disability community as well. And it seems that the industry is kind of slowly picking up on that. Lastly, going into 2021, what are you expecting? Do you see the momentum continuing to pick up next year? Or, you know, is this is this sort of a high water moment or hard mark for for accessibility. The experts I spoke to did say that this is kind of um, a big moment that we're having here that we really need to seize because, um, you know, we can build upon this. This is kind of the world's wake up call. And if we take action now and we realize we keep up this momentum and, and we see that the work that we're doing is headed in the right direction and we continue that work and kind of level up there, then we'll continue to see incredible growth um, in the coming years. So they were they were all very optimistic that we will continue to see um, more progress in the coming years. Great. Well, Barbara, thanks for your time. You can check out her story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.